This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 128 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. We've made it to another milestone series, one that uncovered a demographic that had been mostly forgotten since the late 60s. It also heralded the third act, fourth, fifth, of a TV comedy legend. The Golden Girls premiered on NBC on September 14, 1985, at 9 p.m. Meet the girls, Caustic Dorothy, B. Arthur, Naive Rose, Betty White, and Randy Blanche, Rue McClanahan, who live together in Miami. Dorothy's mother, Sophia Estelle Getty, moves in when her retirement home burns to the ground. Herb Edelman plays Stanley, Dorothy's ex-husband, and Harold Gould was added to the cast late in the run, as Rose's boyfriend. We covered B. Arthur in episode 63 for Maud, Herb Edelman in episode 52 for The Good Guys, and Harold Gould in episode 72 for Rhoda. When we last left Betty White in episode 85, she had just completed her second eponymous series, this time a behind-the-scenes sitcom about a policewoman-esque TV show. Since then, she had been doing a number of TV movies and guest spots, including multiple appearances on... The Love Boat. White lost the love of her life, Alan Ludden, in 1983. She is not remarried, saying on Larry King Live, Once you had the best, who needs the rest? She did some sketch work on The Carol Burnett Show, which led to the series Mama's Family, episode 114, a series she left when it moved to syndication. White continued as the first lady of game shows, becoming the first female Emmy winner as game show host for the series just men. She was then offered a role on The Golden Girls, as Blanche with McClanahan offered Rose. Since those parts paralleled their earlier gigs on The Mary Tyler Moore Show and Maud, pilot director Jay Sandrich suggested they switch. White was nominated every year for an Emmy as Rose. She had already won it twice for The Mary Tyler Moore Show. We'll pick up Betty White's career when we get to her next hit sitcom. Rue McClanahan has Irish and Choctaw ancestry. Her great-grandfather was Running Hawk, per her autobiography. She majored in theater in school and became a life member of the actor's studio. She was doing off-Broadway work in 1957, but didn't make it to Broadway until 1969 in Jimmy Shine. She would later go on to California Suite, The Women, and Wicked. She got roles in films, The Grass Eater, Five Minutes to Love, The People Next Door, Some of My Best Friends Are, and Soap's Love of Life, Another World, and Where the Heart Is. A guest role on All in the Family led to Maud, where she was a regular throughout its run. McClanahan followed that up with Apple Pie, a lot of guest roles, again, more Love Boat, and the first season of Mama's Family. Like Betty White, she left when it moved to syndication. Golden Girls followed, where she won an Emmy out of four nominations and three Golden Globe nominations. 
She would go on to the spin-out The Golden Palace, which we'll get to down the line. McClanahan had two other series, Safe Harbor and Sordid Lives, along with a ton of guest roles, TV movies, and the film Starship Troopers. McClanahan passed in 2010. Estelle Getty's father took their family to see vaudeville, which made Getty decide to try acting. She spent years in a regular 9-to-5 jobs while auditioning and doing theater on the side. It wasn't until 1982, at age 59, when she struck paydirt in Torch Song Trilogy. Writer Harvey Firestein wrote the role for Getty. She got a Drama Desk nomination for it, performing the role for four years. It also got the attention of the producers of The Golden Girls. She spent eight years, including The Golden Palace, playing Sophia in a wig and makeup to make her look like Dorothy's mother. She was actually a year younger than B. Arthur. Sophia also popped up on spinoff Empty Nest, another show we'll get to. Her film work includes Tootsie, Mask, Mannequin, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, and Stuart Little. She started to show signs of memory loss during the Golden Girls run, depending on cue cards, and passed in 2008 with dementia. The concept for Golden Girls came out of an NBC fall TV preview special, where Selma Diamond from Night Court and Doris Roberts from Remington Steel, and of course, Everybody Loves Raymond, did a sketch parodying Miami Vice called Miami Nice. NBC Vice President Warren Littlefield was inspired by it to search for a series with older humor. He met with Paul Younger Witt and Tony Thomas of Soap, who were proposing another series, and suggested they consider this instead. Witt asked his wife Susan Harris, also of Soap, and who was considering retirement, to write it. Her vision involved women in their 60s. NBC actually considered women in their 40s to be old, but the show was greenlit anyway. The pilot included a live-in gay houseboy played by Charles Levin, but was replaced by Getty's Sophia, She was brought in, with makeup and a wig, to convince viewers that the others were young in comparison. Elaine Stritch was originally cast as Dorothy, but she flopped in an audition. The role was written with B. Arthur in mind, but they never thought she would agree to return to series television. McClanahan, who had worked with Arthur on Maude, was asked to persuade her. Arthur loved the script and agreed. Reportedly, Arthur and White never became friends. B thought Betty was unprofessional. Betty thought B was too dour, but mutually respected each other. Various writing teams came and went during the show's seven-year run. Mark Cherry was a writer and producer and went on to another show about a group of women, Desperate Housewives. Mitchell Hurwitz wrote late in the show's run, and he went on to create Arrested Development. The exterior of their home was in a back lot used for Disney studio tours in Florida before a hurricane damaged it to the point that it was torn down. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge now occupies that spot. The kitchen interior was actually reused from another Wit Thomas Harris series, It Takes Two, episode 113, with Chicago high-rises replaced by palm trees out the window. Ironically, for a four-character series, the kitchen table only had three seats. The Golden Girls was a huge hit for NBC, the anchor of their Saturday lineup, and in the top 30 programs throughout its run, hitting 3.4 on the Bazinga scale. It was popular enough that Linda Bloodworth Thomason was inspired to create another four-women show, Designing Women, for CBS. 
In the final episode of the show, Dorothy gets married and moves away. Arthur was done with the show. It would have continued had she signed back up, which set up the spin-out series, The Golden Palace. During the show's run, the Golden Girls won 11 Emmys out of 68 nominations, with all four actresses winning at least one, one of only four series ever to do so, four Golden Globes out of 21 nominations, three American Comedy Awards out of six nominations, two Viewers for Quality TV Awards, a Directors Guild Award out of three nominations, a Writers Guild Award out of five nominations, a People's Choice Award, and a TV Critics Award. The show has been in syndication forever. Lifetime, Hallmark Channel, WeTV, TV Land, Logo TV, CMT, and the show is available on Hulu. It generated two hit spinoffs, Empty Nest and Nurses, actually a second-generation spinoff, along with the not-so-much-a-hit spin-out, The Golden Palace, all of which we'll cover down the line. There have been remakes of the series in Chile, Egypt, Greece, the Netherlands, Philippines, Russia, Spain, actually two different remakes, Portugal, Turkey, and the UK, where it was called Brighton Bells. I watched an episode on Hulu. The opening theme is familiar and has been swiped by various commercials. I think Wit Thomas Harris only has one font for their show credits. The cast are all pros and they sell their roles. The girls need a new roof and buy a dying artist's work to raise the money. At one point, Rose walks through a window, off screen of course. Sophia is terrible to everyone, especially daughter Dorothy. There's a reference to the murder of San Francisco Mayor Harvey Milk, which is very dark for such a show. Two Two Seven premiered on NBC on September 14, 1985, at 9:30 p.m. NBC really hit the daily double, kicking off another hit show 30 minutes after the Golden Girls premiered. Two Two Seven was based on a play about a predominantly black apartment building in 50s Chicago. The series updates this, turning it into current day in Washington D.C. Marla Gibbs, the sharp-tongued maid Florence from the Jeffersons, plays Mary, a similar character. Her husband Lester, Hal Williams, runs a construction company. They have a daughter, Brenda, played by Regina King in her first TV role. Curtis Baldwin played Brenda's boyfriend. Neighbors include Vivacious Sandra, Jack A. Harry, Feisty Senior Pearl, Helen Martin, and Mary's best friend Rose, Elena Reed Hall. Rose's daughter Tiffany, Kia Goodwin, was Brenda's BFF in the first season, but was then written out. A new group of characters moved into the building in the last two seasons. Precocious 11-year-old Alexandria, played by Countess Vaughn, an eccentric teacher Dylan, played by Barry Sobel, limo driver Travis, Stoney Jackson, new building owner Julian, Paul Winfield, and Rose's boyfriend-slash-husband Warren, Kevin Peter Hall. We covered Marla Gibbs in episode 74 for The Jeffersons, Hal Williams in episode 62 for Sanford and Son, Helen Martin in episode 88 for Baby I'm Back, and Paul Winfield in episode 51 for Julia. 
Regina King is the older sister of Rena King of What's Happening Now. 227 was the start of Regina's long acting career. She quickly moved to films after the show ended. Boys in the Hood, Friday, A Thin Line Between Love and Hate, Jerry Maguire, How Stella Got Her Groove Back, Enemy of the State, Daddy Daycare, Legally Blonde 2, Ray, If Beale Street Could Talk, winning her an Oscar and a Golden Globe. She returned to TV in the mid-2000s for Leap of Faith, 24, Southland, Shameless, The Boondocks, doing voice work, The Leftovers, American Crime, two Emmy wins and a Golden Globe nomination, Seven Seconds, Emmy win and Golden Globe nomination, The Big Bang Theory, Watchmen, another Emmy win. Her four Emmy wins are the most for an African-American performer. King's film directorial debut, One Night in Miami, may well have won an Oscar by the time this premieres. She's already won a Golden Globe for it, and she's the executive producer. Jack A. Harry studied at the High School of the Performing Arts, a.k.a. the Fame School, but taught high school history for a while before breaking into theater. This led to a run on Soap Another World, where she continued to appear during the early days of 227. The Sandra character made appearances on All Men and even got an eponymous spinoff pilot that didn't sell. Harry returned to TV in The Royal Family, Sister, Sister, Everybody Hates Chris, Let's Stay Together, The First Family, In the Cut, The Pains, and a recent run on Days of Our Lives. Alina Reed Hall got started in theater at Kent State, then moved to professional roles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band on the Road, Chicago, Hair, and Yubi, before getting the role of Olivia, Gordon's sister, on Sesame Street. Other TV work, Ryan's Hope, Harry and the Hendersons, Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego, voice work, Sonic the Hedgehog, also voice work, Cleghorn, and the Blues Brothers animated series, as well as films Follow That Bird, Cruel Intentions, Death Becomes Her. She married 227 co-star Kevin Peter Hall. They actually met during the series. Hall passed in 2009. Kia Goodwin got started in commercials in the mid-70s, then joined the touring cast of Annie, later joining the Broadway cast. A couple of ABC after-school specials followed, and then 227. She asked to be let out of her contract for the show as her mother was unhappy in California, so they wrote her out. Other TV work, Platinum, Barbershop, The Good Wife, Show Me a Hero, and the film Swim Fan. Countess Vaughn won Star Search at age 9, the junior vocalist champion, and after mentioning there that 227 was her favorite series, she left 227 a year later after an adult cast member made inappropriate comments. After multiple TV guest roles, she played Kim Parker on Moesha, going on to the sequel, The Parkers. During this time, she put out an R&B album. Vaughn joined the reality show circuit, Celebrity Fit Club, and Hollywood Divas. Barry Sobel started as a stand-up, still his main career, and got its spot on Rodney Dangerfield's Young Comedian special. This led to acting work, Punchline, Tom Hanks based his character on Sobel, who was his comedic advisor. Other film work, Doc Hollywood, I Love Trouble, That Thing You Do, Larry Crown. He was a regular on The Ellen Burstyn Show and co-starred on Vinyl Justice, a cops parody on VH1. Stoney Jackson was at one time a teen heartthrob playing Jesse on The White Shadow. Other TV work, The Insiders, Santa Barbara, Sangre Negra, with films 
Streets of Fire, The End of Innocence, Angels in the Outfield, The Fan, Black Scorpion 2. He was also a dancer. He was in Michael Jackson's Beaded video and is now a producer. Kevin Peter Hall was the tallest of seven brothers at seven foot two and a half inches. They were all over six five. He played basketball for George Washington University and moved to Venezuela to play pro ball. His acting career consisted of mostly monster roles, the title character of the Predator franchise, Harry in Harry and the Hendersons TV series, and in Big Top Pee Wee. Hall married 227 co-star Elena Reed during the run of that show. He was also one of TV's misfits of science and almost played Geordi LaForge on Star Trek The Next Generation. Hall contracted HIV from a blood transfusion after a car accident and passed at age 35 in 1991. 227 actually started a year earlier than planned. They were waiting for the final season of The Jeffersons to complete so that Marla Gibbs would be available. CBS suddenly pulled the plug in that series, freeing her up early. As the show progressed, Jack A. Harry's fame rose, she won an Emmy for the role, to the point that there was tension between her and Gibbs as to who the show's star actually was. Harry became a recurring cast member when she returned after her failed spinoff. 227 did very well overall, only dropping off a cliff in its fifth and final season. In its first three seasons, it hit 3.1 on the Bazinga scale. 227 bounced around in syndication, BET, TV One, TV Land, Centric, Up, Crackle, doing mini-sodes only, Antenna TV, and Own. As of this recording, only the first season is available on DVD, which seems strange considering that it is Regina King's first role, but being a Sony show is an issue since Sony has no real streaming platform to fall back on. I watched an episode on YouTube which had terrible syncing issues. The opening theme is sung by Gibbs. The Sandra character is very annoying. Mary, Lester, and Sandra wind up as hostages at a toy store, and Pee-wee Herman guest stars. The humor is terrible, with the exception of Pee-wee. More of 1985 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm finding this episode in the archive. Tune in next time. <laughs>